This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons, only on The Horn. the sports complex on a thursday afternoon full show today guys full show we'll be here all till seven o'clock plus got my guys aaron hogan rob baber is going to be out at location out at wings up we'll get to them in a minute on the show today of course a lot of talk about texas and wyoming sark spoke to the media today we'll play some of that audio take you around a little bit more of college football and the ncaa get you ready for some nfl action uh, for this weekend and for tonight, give you a little MLB update since we're not going to be playing the Rangers game today. We'll get you last call. All that coming up. And, of course, Patrick Big Fat Pull today. All coming up on the show today here on The Horn. Remember, you can join the conversation. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is the text line for you to hit us up. Join the conversation. Be part of the show. But we're also going to bring in uh, E. Hogan. Rob Babers, both going to be out today at Wings Up over, I believe, in the Hancock Center, talking football with you, talking whatever you want to talk about all show long, and they're going to be joining us here on the show as well. So let's throw it on out there and see who we got out on the line. Guys, are you out there uh, ready for us here out at Wings Up? Yeah, Wings Up, man, with a Z. Wings with a Z if you're wazing or Googling your way here. It's right in the Hancock Center, 41st. Hello, Patrick, by the way. Really 41st at the uh, 45th intersection. It's right near Joe's. And uh, kind of directly across the parking lot on the, the far side, kind of by uh, Twin Liquors. Twin Liquors. So great spot, though, man. Uh, cool spot. They were packed at lunch. Our man Ty Henderson was out here trying to do a wing challenge, and he failed miserably. <laughs> I'll give details on that. Oh, he didn't even give it a run. No, I've, I've, heard, I've heard the reports. He did not even. I mean, I was talking to the, uh, to the bartender who helped facilitate the wing challenge, and uh, terribly disappointing for my, our guy, our guy Ty. He did not, uh, he did not uh, do well. But, you know, it's hard to, to eat hot, really hot. They're called ghost pepper wings, which I guess indicates death, uh, Patrick. So I'm not sure why I even tried it because that's how Ty rolls, though, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's 25 ghost pepper wings that are extremely hot. I, before he went out there, I talked to him this morning and was explaining, if you gave me 25 pretty much anything I enjoy eating, I don't know if I could do it anymore. Just 25 of it. Just, you'd be like 25 fries, maybe 25 chips I could do. 
other than that, I could I can't even do twenty five tacos. Love tacos. So wings that are extremely hot. I have no idea how he was expecting to do that, but I love well, Ty. Here's and his what confidence. I would, Patrick, I'd agree with you 100. percent And yeah, our man Ty at you know 25 years old doesn't lack for confidence. <laughs> that's for sure. But he um, here's the thing. I agree with you. It would be like, I love wings, right? I love wings. I'm a big wing guy. Uh, but 25, it's a lot. Any, any kind, even even mild in 10 minutes is a challenge. Yes. That would be tough. I mean, that's like Kobayashi kind of stuff to, to power them down like that. But uh, I would agree with that, and you and I are on the same page. But uh, I don't want to spoil the party and the uh, tease, but he didn't even get double digits. No. Like, he didn't, yeah, he didn't even get cl- – I mean, he, he gave in way too soon. Now, that's where I would say – got to be stronger than that man but you'd also don't get any uh, additional beverage you can't drink water you can't drink bud lights which by the way we have four dollar uh, aluminum cans the burn orange hook em cans of bud light while we're here tonight getting ready for texas and wyoming coming up getting ready for eagles and vikings tonight patrick but yeah four dollars for those that's a great deal place will be packed tonight for the football game so come get ready tailgate with us the uh, lovely ladies of uh, bud light and brown distributing are handing out some freebies so if you make it on over here might grab yourself one of those here as we start just after 5 o'clock. But, yeah, Ty will be chided uh, heavily on our show tomorrow and probably on the show today. <laughs> and he's a good sport. He, he chose to do it. When you do a bit there, Patrick, you've got to take the good with you the You've got to commit to the bit. And Ty will commit <laughs> to the bit. No, no, no doubt about it. Uh, I will say, we'll talk, we're going to talk some uh, Texas football here, Aaron. And uh, I, I will t- Committing to the bit right now, is, Sark is, all, is on board of the we have to forget about last week. It was great. It was fun, but we Rat have poison. to. We have to exactly. We have to move on from last week because it is, you know. And this is the one that I've had to bring up, and it's not the same. But I keep bringing up 2016 to people when they keep when they're getting on me about being a buzzkill, and I'm like, do you not remember how excited we all were in 2016 that Charlie Strong saved the program and we beat Notre Dame in overtime, and and it was going to be the great and like we we're back, and we went five and seven that season. Notre Dame went four and eight. I don't think that's going to be the case because Alabama's not going to go four and eight. We're not going to go five and seven. But at the same point, I have to remind you: go, I, look, you know, this is a Wyoming team. You want to be able to, if we beat them really good and we look better because we look better against Alabama than we looked against Rice. We have to look better again next week because once we get into Big Twelve play, then it starts to have coaches that really know all of Sark's tendencies and are going to come after him. Well, I, mean, I agree with you hundred percent, but I think this team is far, far superior to that team in twenty sixteen. I think you know that too. But you're presenting a good argument there, and Longhorn fans are, you know, whiplashed by all of what you're saying there. Uh, but you know, let's let's take it back to the the off season. We all talked about the boxes this Longhorn team checked, big picture as far as what they were. Um, you know, a great mix of veteran players, guys who would come back for, you know, 60 or senior seasons like Christian Jones at right tackle, and um, you know. Jordan Whittington's back for another year, and Tavondre Sweat up front, and all these dudes that uh, that, are, that came back just for this year. They're not going to the SEC with Texas. They came back for this year to try to win a Big 12 championship because they believe they, they left that opportunity out there last year by not finishing games. And I can go on the list. Jalen Ford turned down an opportunity to move on to the NFL. Yeah. And then guys like A.D. Mitchell and Jalen Catalan and all these guys joined in through the transfer portal. And so the question about Texas this offseason was, are they, are they good enough to, to, to play to the elite level of college football, that top level of college football. On paper, they look like they do. Veteran quarterback or, or, or a, a returning quarterback. I shouldn't say veteran, but returning quarterback who played every you know played a bunch of football last year. A ton of talent. Returning guys at the top level as far as veteran leadership and then talented players throughout the depth chart. 
And then they proved on Saturday night last week that they could hang with the big boys. And not just hang with, at some level dominate the big boys. And to your point, uh, Patrick, the next question, the next box to check is maturity. Are they mature enough to take that, prepare each week like they're playing Alabama, and build and and take what was a, a wonderful or a magnificent win and make that into a special season? And that takes the week-to-week grind of 10 more weeks of football, preparation, not letting down, respecting the opponent ahead of you, and uh, keeping your, your, your focus on a Big 12 championship. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's one of those things. And when you see, like, one of the examples of see if this team, they're buying right now of how they feel about it, is Keelan Robinson and the video of him after the game going up to the Alabama recruits. And coming. Keelan Robinson is being used less than he's been used the last two years. Like, He's one of those guys that could easily say, I'm Good not point. happy in my position. And he seems to be fully bought in, knowing that as the season goes on, he's going to be used more in different situations. And for that game plan, he needed to be used a little bit less. But his buy-in, if, if that's your veteran leadership, and a guy like him is still telling everybody, no, look, I'm taking less snaps to give a rookie and CJ, a freshman and CJ Baxter more time because he needs it because this is the best chance for us to win a championship. Then that kind of buy-in, and I'm going to play you a clip. This is probably the biggest thing that came out of the presser day. There's some good stuff we'll go through, but this is one uh, when Sark was asked, you know, he talked about motivation and trying to motivate you know, a, a team where they're, they're feeling good, but you've got to still get after them to you know, clean up some things and, and work and get, get ready for Wyoming. And then he was asked about, well, are the players helping in this? And, and what's been the players' aspect? Which guys are stepping up to be the leaders in the locker room to tell the guys, hey, man, this is great, but we missed opportunities last year when you do it. Here's uh, Sark talking about uh, what players and what the players have done in the leadership committee going into this week. Yeah, you know, what I thought was really cool this week, you know, we did our traditional uh, Monday morning meeting where we recap the game. And, uh, you know, I, I show, you know, about 18 or so plays to the entire team, coachable moments, teachable moments, or things that we did well. Um, and then I turn the page in that meeting and I get into what I think it's going to take this week to play well. Uh, and interestingly enough, I got a text from Quinn later that day. Do you mind if we have a players only meeting Tuesday morning before we start? Um, and so of course, you know, so the fact that, you know, Quinn, that leadership committee wanted to have a players only meeting to make sure that they were reiterating the message about getting refocused on what we need to do this week, I thought was, it was a great sign for us. And seeing that, that Quinn and this leadership of this team understands that they need to be extra vocal and extra into all, all these young guys, everyone on this team. We need to be on the same page this week because we want to win. We want to cover the spread this year. We want to be able to beat people walking away and not have to worry about it. And I think that means a lot that we see Quinn Ewers stepping into that role. As I said, Keelan Robinson's been that guy. Some of these veteran players are really stepping into that leadership role. That's one of the big things I've seen as a difference this season. Agreed, agreed. And one thing, you know, I'll give Sark a lot of credit because they just use the Alabama game. You know, what, what, what question marks did we have? Could they win a fourth quarter? Could they, could they outwit and outscheme Nick Saban in the fourth quarter? I mean, 21-8, to 8, do you need more evidence of that? Could they respond to adversity? They did over and over. When they gave up the lead in the third quarter and fell behind 16-13, they were the response with uh, 15 points or 14 points in 15 seconds, responded. 
And then, yes, what were the big questions on the on the uh, the roster to start the game? You know, what are you going to get out of your edge edge position? Mm-hmm. Well, Anthony Hill and Ethan Burke had huge games. Um, who's going to play linebacker next to Jalen Ford? Well, David Benda had a big game and played great. He's secured that second linebacker spot. That frees up Anthony Hill to run around and make plays. I mean, all these questions have been answered in the affirmative. And then could you run the ball could, with about Bijan and Roshan? Well, fourth quarter, they run out the clock and genuflect for the win. So, yes, micro, they, they have accomplished and checked some boxes in a big way. To your point, listen, again, I, I say this a lot, Patrick, the, the, the guys like Quinn Yours, Quinn Yours is not planning to be at Texas next year. I mean, let's be fair about that. Yeah. Quinn Yours wants to be in the NFL draft next year. Hey, Sark's uh, not planning for Quinn to be at Texas next year. That's why he's right. got Malik and that's why he's got Arch. Right. And, and, and Sark treats these guys like, I mean, Mac, Mac Brown used to be famous for calling them kids. Sark is treating this like a business. He's treating this, He's been in the NFL. He understands these guys want to play in the NFL. So, you know, and, they, and, the, and the NIL's now here, and these guys are making some money. So treat them like the adults that they are, uh, but treat it like a business. Y'all, uh, continue to perform. So it's not surprising that a guy like Quinn Ewers would, would be calling that meeting as a redshirt sophomore uh, because it's going to be those guys who are only here for one more year who want to maximize this one year, A, for their – their, their, their stock next year in the April draft, but also to win a championship on your way out, to finish this thing with a trophy and to go maybe play for something even bigger than that. Those are the guys, to me, that are going to drive this. Because, sure, they're moving to the SEC in 2024. Um, you know, the, the future is bright. The recruiting classes are good uh, are, are, and building. Uh, but it's the guys that are only here for one more year or want to be here for one more year, Patrick, that are going to keep this thing locked in because they understand at this point any loss can derail the goal. Uh, now, I, still, I think they've earned, you know, a mulligan here. I don't, I'm not saying they should, should go get it. But anybody that plays golf for 18 holes knows there's going to be a there's going to be a hole that you play poorly and you 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 know you play with your food a little bit, kick it around, and all of a sudden you just made double bogey. But can you respond? But but the win at Alabama earns them one of those, right? Yeah. Somewhere along the line, they could go 11 or 12 and one and still play in the college football playoff. They could go 11 and one this year and still play for a Big 12 championship game. And I I love that quote from Sark. Because you know, I know fans are going to hear that and say, oh, my gosh, here we go, players-only meeting again. I think that's, a, that's a, a good time for a players-only meeting on a Tuesday after the win that, hey, let's put the rat poison behind us. We saw the quote, the, the tweet from Jalen Ford on Sunday saying, okay, enough of the rat poison. Let's turn the page. Let's move on. Those are the guys that aren't planning to be here beyond this year, and they want to maximize 2023. Yeah, and, I mean, we saw, you know, after, after when Sark came in, after Sam Ellinger, there was kind of a, a void of leadership of the guys that had to step up and take over. And we've seen now that I think year three, some of these guys are starting to, you know, whether it's Quinn in year two or, or you know, Xavier in year three or something like that, where these guys go, hey, man, I get it. I came to Texas because I said I'm going to bring them back. And for two years we haven't done it. So here's the pitfalls that we fell into. And this is the thing. And, and we called the players only meeting a week after we should have because we saw the problems and we saw where the holes were. And we thought, hey, we're good enough. We'll get through it. And this team seems to be on the, hey, let's no, no chances on this one. Because as you said, a lot of these guys are hoping to get their name called on day one of the NFL draft or at least day two. And they, they're saying, man, everything's on my resume now. We're, we're a top five team. Everyone is watching what we're doing. So it's, it's good to see that leadership. And the player, that, for me, was one of the biggest takeaways is the, that Sark was okay with saying there was a players-only meeting. That's normally something that comes out the insider piece, and coaches don't want to have that said because it's normally a bad thing. He seems perfectly fine with it because he goes, no, this means this is what we want to do. We want it, and he said earlier in the season, we want to be a player-led team, and we want to help them guide them in what they do, but we want it to be a player-led team. 
it seems like they're headed that way. You mentioned it a little bit ago, too, the run game where they looked really good in that run game in the set in the fourth quarter. The second half, that run game, when they needed it, those last seven minutes, it looked really good. Here's Sark today talking about the run game and what he'd like to see for it going forward in the season. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day for us from a run game standpoint, I want to see consistency. Uh, you know, and with consistency comes a level of physicality. Um, we, we've got to, we have to move people off the line of scrimmage and, um, you know, I just don't think that we've been quite consistent enough in that aspect of our game. Um, again, I love the fact that we were able to run the ball the way that we did with seven minutes to go and run it when, when Alabama knew we were going to run the ball. But I sure would like to have that mentality in the first quarter of a game and and to go out and, and run the football the way that I think we're capable of. So when you talk about making improvements, uh, that's definitely one of them for us where I think we can improve as a football team. Um, but that goes hand in hand with our ability to pass the football as well, that we, we need to find that balance on, an, on our offense um, because that's when we're at our best. And there's Sark talking about that – that, that balance of, look, I know I told you all offseason and all through the scrimmages, that third and fourth quarter, that's where we're dying. That's where we're dying, which is great. But the run game and the offensive line, can you guys – We need now we need four quarters. You know, we, we did well in that game, but there, we just – everybody needs to play four quarters. It's funny because you hear him just kind of hinting at things that he knows that will get back to the players, and you know he's telling the players in practice, guys, you did great when we got you down. But for me – the play calling in the first half that he did beat down and, and did let the offensive line get a few wins early in that game was led, led to that last seven minutes where Texas was able to get wins because the offensive line wasn't sitting in pass protection the entire first half and, and sitting in pass blocking. They were able to actually, you know, try and run the ball some. Is this now we know CJ Baxter, the injury report is he is a game time decision. It's Wyoming, so they may just play on the safer side, but we don't know yet. He keeps saying game time decision. Is this a game where if you were Texas, you maybe try and go? They do have a good secondary at Wyoming. Do you try and go after this and, and try and start off early and start a big run game? Well, I mean, I know Rod and I have talked about this. I mean, Wyoming's strength is their front seven and yeah. their, their set of linebackers. So, and their, their weakness is their secondary. So, Patrick, I would think, you know, if you're, you're Sark, don't beat your head against the wall, you know, fighting their, their, you know, build a lead and then work on the run game. You know what I mean? Attack yeah. them with, just like you did with Alabama, um, you know. And Alabama's got a much better secondary than Wyoming, and it was that quick passing game, a uh, lot of stuff to Xavier Worthy early, a lot of that quick stuff that, that uh, brought the safeties up, and then boom, boom, a couple of big long plays, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, Texas should have been up more at halftime. We understand that they're up 13 to Six, we know it could have been 21-6, maybe 21-3 if Jalen Ford makes an interception in the end zone before halftime. Uh, they could have been blowing that game out. Uh, but, again, the same kind of game plan. And then I would think go to work on your run game. If you can put a cushion, this is not a Wyoming offense. They scored 31 points last week, Rob uh, Patrick, against you know Portland State. This is not an offense that's yeah. going to chase you down. <laughs> they want to control this game, shorten this game. They've run the ball 83 times this year in two games and passed it 50. So b- build a lead. You know, and then go to work on that run game. Try to try to grind them down. That's what I would think because you know you don't want to be messing around with this team. Let them shorten the game, of course. Because I think the biggest adjective that I would see that describes Wyoming is gritty. Yeah, tough. 
I mean, they're from Wyoming. Good Lord. I mean, if you've ever been in Wyoming in the wintertime, you've you got to be a tough dude to survive that. And, uh, um, you know, it's brutal. That, so they're tough guys. They, I, I, thought, I watched the Texas Tech game with Wyoming where they beat them in overtime after being down 17 to nothing. They were just tougher than the Texas Tech in that game. They, they stuffed their run. They were gritty. They got it into a game that in the fourth quarter that became a game, and they were just a tougher team. Their quarterback is tougher and grittier than he is good. He's a sixth-year player. So, yeah, I think to your question, I think you go quick game, very similar game plan. Uh, you know, use your, your strength. What your strength is weapons and Quinn yours, and their weakness is, is secondary. I think you attack that early, build a big lead, and then go to work on the run game and, and get a lot of guys on the field and let them play on a, on a Saturday night. Yeah, and I think we'll, we'll definitely see more Jaden Blue in this game as well just because if we are going to see – because C.J. Baxter, even if he does play, you assume he's not going to play a ton of snaps uh, dealing sure, with injuries. Sure. So you would see more Jaden Blue in that and trying to get him going, getting Jonathan Brooks feeling good about himself. Because Jonathan Brooks is one of those guys, he looks like he's he's got a lot going for him. And I Sark talked about it earlier in the year, and I didn't you couldn't tell what he meant. And then when you watch Jonathan Brooks play, you go, oh, I see exactly what Sark meant. Of he wants a guy that can do everything. And Jonathan Brooks has two drop touchdown passes so far this season. And I know one of them was pretty good, well defended, but the ball still did go past. Like it, it, it was a drop from Jonathan Brooks. It wasn't defended. It was a, not, it was a drop. And, and there was two that he had, no, he had no one behind him going to the end zone. And those are not huge, you know, those are not, you won both games. But those are things that as a coach, when you're calling those games, when you're calling those plays, and it is a close game, and it is the fourth quarter, you don't, may not have the faith in Jonathan Brooks that he's going to be able to be the pass catcher you need him to be. He could be a great runner, but not the pass catcher you need him to be. And I think with C.J. Baxter, he feels there's a bit more of a complete game where he'll be able to pull off those things and get and step into that role that, that Jonathan Brooks is in. If this is Jonathan Brooks' game, though, in Wyoming, if C.J. Baxter does not play or plays limited snaps, what do you want to see out of Brooks to kind of get him – set back into that where he needs to be and uh, how far he is in his career. Uh, you just said it. I mean, this is the kind of stuff where you beat Alabama by 10 on the road, became just the sixth team since 08 to win on that field by double digits, and you had a lot to coach on. I mean, the, the, again, the, the drop balls, the mistakes Texas made early yeah. prevented that from being more of a one-sided game. Uh, and if you're Jonathan Brooks, here would be my, my message if I'm to shard choice the running backs coach. Young man, you're replacing Bijan and Roshan, and if you had caught the ball in two occasions, one against Rice, one against uh, Alabama, you'd be off to a huge start to your, your season. Uh, you, you, you dropped two touchdown passes here. You also caught a touchdown pass in the first game. And what I saw from him in that fourth quarter when then that final drive, he's a tough – we talk about gritty dudes from Wyoming. He's a tough dude from East Texas. He's from Hallettsville. He yeah. went to a 3A high school where he carried that team to a state championship game. There were not many other players on that team. Uh, and he played both ways, and he was their, their running back. And I, I, I love his toughness, but it's one of those, hey, coachable moments. Just catch the ball. Catch the ball. If we throw it to you, we've got to depend on you to catch it. And I think Jonathan Brooks is the type of player that will take that coaching to heart. And when you get, I would agree with you, be careful with C.J. Baxter in this game because you're going to need him for the Big 12 Conference run uh, more than you need him for Wyoming. Get some other guys some reps and build the confidence of Jonathan Brooks because he showed me a lot in that fourth quarter. Some of those broken tackles, those cutbacks, the runs to, to bleed out that clock. It was only 34 yards on 12 carries, but they were hard yards. They were tough yards. He was a, that's the kind of guy you can close out games with like Roshan did last year. And you've seen on the perimeter, if he catches the ball, he's a pretty dang good weapon. Uh, so I would use this as a, as a Bill Jonathan Brooks confidence game, get C.J. Baxter healthy, and then let some other guys play 
while, while you run up a big number against this group. Yeah, because I, I think C.J. Baxter is going to have a great career. Jonathan Brooks is one of those guys that runs like how I feel a Texas running back runs, where he can yeah. break those tackles, and he will get you. And he, you'll after the game, you'll look at his stats, and they don't look right because he doesn't have as many. You're like, that guy had to have 100 yards. They go, no, nah, 48. But those 48 were tough, and those were yeah, a yeah. hard 48 that he fought for. Well, and, and then we know he can break one out and all of a sudden get a 70-yard run. Well, and that might be the identity of this team this year. I know Rod will say it a lot coming up. You know, last year the identity was when in trouble, put some Bijan on it and yep. a little sprinkle of Roshan. This year, this team's built on Quinn and the passing game. It really is. It's the identity. The running game should accentuate that, uh, but you're going to need it. And, and then in 2023 in football, in college football for sure, uh, think Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. You don't have to have a great running game. You've got to be able to run when you want to. You've got to be able to get hard yards in tough spots. You can win the game with a quarterback and all these weapons if you can protect them and you don't turn the football over, which they haven't done through two games. Uh, you need the running game when you need the running game at this point. Last year you had to have it. You had to rely on it as your identity. This year I think it can be an accent piece to what you do in big moments and your, you know, Quinn yours in your passing game becomes the identity of your team and take advantage of mismatches. Yeah, and I, I mean I will always say you need to have a running game in your back pocket because you are going to play games where it's windy or where sure where it's going to be rainy or you know and there's just places where you're going to have an off night exactly and you go man if we really need that running game right now to, to close this game out so you need to have it i think sark's doing a great job this year of getting it ready and maybe it's a little bit easier because he doesn't have the names back there that it's a little bit easier for him to just kind of call the plays and we're not necessarily as upset because Bijan's not getting as many carries or roshan I don't know what it is, but it seems that the mix of pass and run seems to be doing really well. I want to play with one more clip before we take a break. And sure. this was one of the last things. This is, uh, he was asked, basically, we know the John Wick mentality is what the team has taken on. It's us against everybody. And he was asked, though, well, now that you're a top five team, do you still keep the John Wick? Because it's not really an underdog. So, like, you're now one of the top dogs. Here's Sark on, on the John Wick mentality and keeping it even though you're a top five team. Well, I think it's. I think that's exactly why we we want to have that mentality. I, I think naturally, a we're the University of Texas, which I've I've talked at length about, and we naturally have a, a target on our back week in and week out. We know we're going to get everybody's best shot. Now add that with you end up you end up in a top five. Now there's just more added incentive to attack us. I think that the key to the drill is we have to make sure that our opponents feel like they're being attacked uh, by us. And um, I love that our players have adopted that and have, and have bought into that mentality um, because that's the mindset to, that you have to have. We have to ensure that our opponents get our best shot. And if, and if that's good enough, great. If it's not, then back to the drawing board. But as long as we work with that mentality and then, and then go play that way, uh, I feel very comfortable and confident in our ability to go into a game and, and play at a high level. And that's that the John Wick, which he's right. This is just the second act of a John Wick movie now. The first act is where they, do, they underestimate him. And the second act is where everybody knows what you got coming at you. But you have to be the aggressor. You have to go and attack where people are. I, I love that they're still using this mentality, that they haven't lost it. They're still going with it. Are you on board with the John, Mc, John Wick mentality? I love Embrace the Hate. I really do. Uh, because, again, now you're going to be in Big 12 play after this game, and the Big 12 is not – 
big fans of Texas right now as they're yep. leaving, and you know they blame Texas for bringing Oklahoma with them at the highest levels of the office, uh, the conference office. We know that you're going to have to overcome some things, and it's not going to come easy. Even though if you beat Alabama, no one cares anymore. Uh, so yeah, embrace the hate, John Wick mentality, without a doubt. And that, by the way, back to the game plan. And I know Rod will pick yep. this up when he joins you here in a minute from uh, from Wings Up here on Forty First, right near the right in the Hancock Center, with four dollar Bud Light cans. Uh, all while we're here till seven o'clock, and the Eagles take on the Vikings. But if, if you're going to say that and you're going to attack as your mindset, then don't don't go conservative on your game plan here, Sark. I mean, you got a big recruiting weekend last year. Sometimes when they had big recruiting weekends, sometimes the game plan didn't seem to be as aggressive. Uh, attack this Wyoming team, build a lead, then work on your run game. Don't go out there and pound around with this group. Uh, attack. If you're going to say your players need to attack, your game plan needs to attack from the from the first series on. I like that. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to put Quinn Ewers. In those positions to play games and win games at big moments in the Big 12, you know, he just played a great game against Alabama, but you, against Wyoming, go out there and say, don't make a mistake early in this game when you have all the confidence and you have everything. Still go out there and play a smart game. I'm going to put the ball in your hand, show you that confidence, and you hope you come out the other side of it with him being even more confident and more ready to attack the Big 12 this season. Uh, we got to get to Patrick's Big Fat Pole, and we'll take a break. Let's hit the Big Fat Pole. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but since we had a short show, I'm going to bring it back for today. We'll hit it today. Uh, After week two, now we've gotten through the big boogeyman that is Alabama. After week two, which game is the scariest for Texas left on the schedule? It's 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776. Hit us up. Let us know which, which game now. We've gotten through Alabama. You can't say Alabama anymore. Is it Oklahoma, K-State? Is it Wyoming this week? Is there none? Are you confident? Are you think there's no more trap games as Texas team's going? Hit us up on the text line. Let us know. Uh, and then uh, go and check out E and Rod B from Hook Em Up out at Wings Up. We're going to hit a break. When we come back, more from E and Rod B, more from myself. We'll get more into college, ba- uh, college football as we continue on here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Check me out, y'all. Nasty knives in your area. About to cause mass hysteria. Back on the Sports Complex here on a Thursday. Playing some Nas today. It's Nas's birthday. He's 50 years old, which makes me feel older. But we're going to play some Nas for you because it's his 50th birthday. We only get a few songs now. I don't get to go too far into themes anymore. So we're going to play some Nas for you today. Of course, joined out at Wings Up by Aaron Hogan and Rod Babers. Got any favorite Nas songs, Rod? Um, Man, this is bad, but... I'm not going to lie to you. Nas falls in the category for me of 
things that most people I know are really, really into <laughs> that I just am not. Yeah. Like Mila Kunis and Two and a Half Men and um, No Hitters. Some things, I'm just, I don't get the appeal, <laughs> but everybody seems to be really into them. And Nas is definitely one of those things. So you're like, I don't get it. I've tried. I've I feel tried. like he was he was kind he of the antithesis to Tupac. And if you're a Tupac guy, because I know Biggie was, but Biggie, like the styles, this was supposed to, like this was, I feel like they were yeah. around the same kind of thing that Biggie was a little bit different than this. But I, I yeah. was putting with that. And I, I'm more of a Tupac guy too. But I did see it was his 50th birthday. So I thought we'd celebrate some Nas today. Yeah. No, also, I know. Uh, white condiments. And by the way, you don't like no hitters? White condiments, I'm not. Well, like, white condiments is different. Like, What's up with I am, the no like, hitter? The Astros almost threw a new hitter last night. The, the white condiments not, is not a preference thing. Like, literally, my my body rejects them. Oh, like, my, it. It's a physical rejection <laughs> for white condiments. Like, I, yeah, it makes me want to. But a know, no hitter, curl. that's like. Uh, oh, yeah, it's like, come on, man. It's like, no, it's no offense. Like, what, 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 give me some, give me no some runs scored. Come on, man. I want some runs. Chicks did the long ball. Give me some points. Yeah. No hitter, about like, oh, yeah, another strike. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. That's hilarious. We, we do, Aaron. We, we've I, was, this. I was on the edge of my seat last night watching the Astros and Ryan Pierce <laughs> blow it in the ninth inning. Uh, I was not. We were, uh, we, we, we've thrown this idea around. If y'all want to try and get him to, to agree to do it on, on hook, uh, hook him up, uh, we would blindfold Rod and then try and see if we can get him to taste things like vanilla ice cream and things that are, oh. are genuinely good tasting, but he has missed out on because of his aversion to white condiments. I, yeah, I, we can try it. I'm just saying, you, you don't also like whipped cream. You will have to also have a puke bag ready there as well. <laughs> you don't like whipped cream, like whipped cream. We uh, I, I know anything white. I just white <laughs> condiments of any kind. Whipped cream is pretty good. I like. I will out. say the blanco queso is Ooh, not bad. Blanco white cheese, queso, yeah. yes, white cheese passed up. It's thicker. It's thicker. It's thicker. It's 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 off white. I'm assuming you could find fun things to do with uh, whipped cream, Rod. I just think you could. Uh, oh, you said like it was a varsity blue situation. Yeah, yeah. What would Rod be doing? A varsity blue situation. Scarlett Johansson, varsity blue situation. What would I be willing to <laughs> to to, to uh, accept the uh, I think white you'd go there. I think, and I think you'd do better than our guy Ty did today I, with the wing challenge here. Oh, I heard, I heard he was a miserable failure. It's going to be bad for him. Uh, I would say the ghost. The, was it ghost? Pe- what it goes pepper? pepper wings yeah that's he's gonna be feeling that the next day though you don't want to no. but, t- but rod he only had four and a half that's enough out of 25 <laughs> no that's not no no he, he embarrassed himself so that's enough to have some <laughs> some issues four and a half, the next day it, and the the, the the lexi the uh, bartender who was here at lunch that did this with them said that she he only made it like he did four and a half in a minute which is really good and then that was it he was out oh. he lasted a minute of the 10 oh he saw okay so little Okay. Too hot, and he tapped out. Too hot. Within a minute. Climax too early, huh? Yes. I've, told we, I've been told we may have to put, like, a warning on the video if we put it out because yes. it is – apparently it was blubbering by the end. That's what I've been oh, told. no. They're called <laughs> ghost pepper, baby. Yeah, yes. you can't drink anything during this challenge, correct? No, no fluids. Yeah. Oh, no good. No was, good. Hey, he did it on purpose. We didn't. He chose to do it. We <laughs> he didn't chose, ask him to do it. Hey, I told you, he's committing yeah. to the bit. Committing to the yes. bit. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, someone else who was trying to commit to the bit, uh, Jay Norvell. Of course, it's blown up that oh. Jay Norvell has decided to poke the beast to go after Colorado and Deion Sanders. And, and after, after I've seen this more, I really do think that he knew what he was doing and it had nothing to do with the game. It was, I'm going to try and get some of this press for Colorado State that he has gotten all for Colorado, and someone's going to know who my name is. And let I me mean, just get in the news somehow, and I know if I poke at Dion, it'll happen. Here's the audio of what Jay Norvell said that got, that's got everybody talking about 
going after Dion. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught <laughs> So, Yeah, that's the audio wow. that Jay Norvell said today uh, in his uh, – it was like whatever coaches show they do, he came out and, and gave the uh, – and it, the worst part is take a shot at the football. Take a shot at the plays. Like take a shot at the coaching. The, I, I take off my hat and glasses – you're like, yeah? Do you do that before you lose? <laughs> it's I don't get it, 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 is every I don't know if every team now is gonna try and do this to really get at least some of the media. But Jay Norvell's been on TV since he's done it. So it worked somewhat that his name is out there. We know that he was one of those guys that was like kind of fast riser, that he switched positions a lot, was at Texas for one year after he left Oklahoma and then Went somewhere, but he's moved a lot of places. He's never been in place more than like three or four years. So, is this does this seem more of a Jay Norvell looking out for himself in Colorado State and just trying to get his name in there in the in the conversation? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't really understand how why they keep making Dion's job easier. He keeps getting bulletin board material, and now some of the the Matt Rule stuff they just kind of took a quote Matt Rule, you know, basically that he said earlier in the season, and they ran with it. Him and Dion, they kind of formulated this uh, manufactured this slight right which hey man good for them and then even Shadur Sanders when they were standing in the middle of the field Matt Rule claims they were trying to pray <laughs> like, I, asked to, I asked Shadur to come over and he's like no nah, man I didn't want to come over there and Shadur claims that was disrespectful so they could be you know kind of manufacturing this stuff and we know TCU had some things to say about Dion before that game so now is there, is there two things here that's either like you said the coaches are now smart enough to know you know what this is going to be a huge game let me get some of this free media. I'm not going to let Dion get all of it. Whether we win or lose the game, I still need to be talked about, right? We live in that era where, hey man, any publicity is good publicity. That's the Kardashian era. It doesn't really matter. Or you could just say, and I, this is kind of my conspiracy theory, because coaches usually don't go after other coaches like this. We could just be in a different era where we got the NBAification of college football, like the NFL, where we're getting petty, all right? Where in the NBA, coaches go after coaches, players go after coaches, doesn't matter. But maybe we're getting petty. The NFL's getting petty, right? The Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers situation. There's some pettiness going on there. So it could be that. My conspiracy theory is I'll go on the grassy you know, I'll say that Dion, it's possible that Dion's reaching out to coaches now and telling them, hey, man, who, you know, Dion's got a natural marketing mind from the jump, right, from the yeah. day he was born. Dion was a marketing guy. He marketed himself, was one of the first athletes to realize, no, 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 trust me, if I build my brand, that will also make me a lot of money on the back end. And I wouldn't doubt if Dion's saying, listen, man, this game, we can make this game big. Did you – and remember, the example I always give is the Women's National Championship in college basketball. Nobody gave a damn about women's basketball in this country. We've been watching great women's college basketball teams for a long time. But when those ladies started talking trash, doing the Tony Yayo, you can't see me, going back and forth with Angel Reese and Haley Van Lythe and uh, all these different ladies who were playing really good basketball, but also, and Caitlin Clark, they're also now talking trash, talking smack. It was getting petty. And what happened? 9.9 million viewers. They got more viewers than the 2023 Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, than the 2021 NBA Finals than the 2020 World Series. It was the most watched uh, women's college basketball game of all time. I mean, you're talking about better ratings than the LSU-Bama game, than Bama-Texas A&M. 
I mean, it, it, that, it, that was unbelievable. And the reason was because it was a buildup. It was like the, uh, like the pregame, you know, uh, fight hype, you know what I mean, that they do where, where you're talking about trying to promote a fight or you're trying to promote an MMA event. They do it all the time. Yeah. I think now you're starting to see it in sports. And I bet Dion, I'm just conspiracy theory here, I bet Dion's sending a message to the, to the other coach saying, hey, man, dog, why don't we hype this up a little bit? And what happened in the, um, the game against Nebraska? Man, that was one of the most watched games of the weekend. Because between Colorado and Nebraska, before that, you had the TCU one. I went out of Dion's marketing mind and said, hey, guys, let's hype it up. He's a promoter, man. Uh, He's, I, I'm trying to hype my brand. I, I'll give you this. If it's not Dion, I could easily believe, too, that it's the, the TV networks just saying, hey, we want to add some hype. No one knows who Colorado State is. No one cares about Colorado State. Let's go to the AD. And or the president, and just go, hey man, tell your coach to say something. <laughs> just have him say something. And say look, something. We'll, he'll he'll be on a twenty four hour news cycle immediately. Like have it, make sure it's on film, make sure it's recorded, so we can play the video of it over and over again. And it will it'll promote all of your stuff, and it'll promote the game, and everyone will make more money. And they go, yeah. So I could believe TV networks could get behind a little bit. And then even if you just have an AD poke the bear a little bit and pull, call Jay Norvell in his office, be like, Dion's making you look like a like a nobody. I don't know why I didn't. I, I don't know why I hired a nobody over here. Could have hired him and just just try and get him riled up a little bit. But yeah, and then Dion responded to it practice. He's got oh, his players, which I can't. This I didn't. I can't play the audio of it because there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of s bombs and stuff that it was having hard. I was having trouble editing out because whoever was holding the camera apparently was getting hyped up too much. <laughs> but the oh, team, no. he was a hype man. The hype man had the camera. That's the hype man because you would just hear it behind the camera of him being like, "S yeah, S yeah." And you're like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> Trying to use this stuff on TV, uh, but, but no. But then it's uh, it was basically like they don't respect us, and they don't. It's like they keep doing that, and it's what are we gonna no, do? And, I, I, and they had the whole it's, team it's chanting. Yeah, it's personal. It's the, the team. The, Personal. That's the chant now. It's personal. personal, and this is why Dion's a, Dion's a great marketing mind, Patrick. Because I guarantee you know what that's gonna be on. T-shirts. Oh. T-shirts now. Merchandising. He's going to have one on on the sideline. It's personal. Sweatshirts. It's personal. He, the guys are marketing jeans. He's I gonna, guarantee there'll be it's personal shirts and hats in, in like two or three days. He's going to be wearing his hat guarantee. doing an interview with adults. And that's the other one. <laughs> it's such a weird statement because you're like, well, like half the coaches at halftime interviews and stuff when they're coaching don't take off their hat when they do the halftime interview or whatever. So true. Or take so true. Like it's not – I get that he does it more – but that seems like one of the things that we're now getting to lower into the barrel. So if someone does this every week, by like week eight, what they're going to be pulling out, they're going to be like, you know, Deion Sanders, his commercial acting is, I mean, he needs to get an acting coach. <laughs> no, no, for, I, no, no, I think they should do, Patrick. I think uh, after they blow them out at the end of the game, they should have hats and sunglasses ready for all the players. <laughs> and all of them can put on hats and sunglasses as they walk out of the stadium Was that, on uh, the, the victory lap. Like the, the Garrett Wilson did on the sidelines after yes. uh, Sean Payton said that uh, I don't let my players be in sunglasses and bucket hats on after yeah. and yeah. after they wear pads. I don't allow them to do that. And he's over there dancing. By the way, Garrett Wilson can do whatever he wants after making that catch. On Monday Ooh. night, he, he's owned, he's got himself a few weeks of He's going to make, he's gonna, he's gonna have to make catches like that, Patrick, with Zach Wilson throwing the football. I, I don't, I, we'll talk about this in the 6 o'clock hour. I don't know how many balls are going to get out from the backfield to even get over to where he can get to <laughs> this week. Sorry, Valid no, point. I'm still looking for a prop bet. If anybody on the text line, 512-337-3776, can find me a prop bet of how many sacks the Cowboys will have this week, I've Ooh. been trying to find it, but I want to know what that number is. 
because it has oh. to be huge. But we'll get it has into that. To be and like the, six. Yeah. It has to be six. They had seven in week one. That's true. <laughs> they had ten tackles for loss in week one against the Giants, and all the counts are the Jets' whole line is worse. We'll get into that in, in the six o'clock hour. We'll get into that. We got to take another break, so we can have we have one more segment. We'll read some of your text. 512-337-3776. And you can go check out Rod and Aaron are out at Wings Up. Tell us about it, Rod. Uh, Wings up. We're here at the uh, Indy Hancock Center. Uh, you can come on out here and join us. We'll be out here uh, throughout uh, the sports complex. E. Hogan and myself, which is out here hanging out. It's a great spot. Uh, of course, they got great wings. I haven't tasted them yet, but I've heard great things. Uh, we'll be out here. Also, Bud Light specials out here for you as well. Uh, so come on out. Got uh, a $4 hook'em aluminum cans of Bud Light out here at Wings Up. There you go. Join, go out and join them. Uh, t- keep texting in. We'll read some of your responses. Uh, 512-337-3776. And the big fat poll of the day. Which opponent after week two for Texas is now your scariest game? You can't say Alabama anymore. So what's your opponent? Which opponent now is the scariest game for you? We'll get to that. We'll get to more coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Uh, 2000 G. Yo, I need an encore, y'all. You should welcome me back. You want a ball till you fall? I can help you with that. You back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Playing some Nas songs for his 50th birthday. Joined, of course, out at Wings Up by Rod Babers, Aaron Hogan. You can go out and join them. They got some drink specials and got some good stuff going on out there. And we are keeping the show rolling. We've asked you the big fat poll today today uh, after week two, because we're, we're through week two. We've seen some games now. Texas Tech may drop on your list now, too, because of how they played. Or, or a Baylor may drop on your list because of how they played. So uh, we've seen two weeks of college football. I want to know who is your scariest game for Texas left. Uh, that that's a question. Five one two three three seven three seven seven six is where you can send that in. If you got a few, if you got none, I want to know if you got none too. Uh, we do have a couple people that have already texted in. Uh, we do have a full listing. Hardest, easy, easiest: K State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Kansas, TCU, Baylor, BYU, Iowa State, and Houston. No love for Houston in that one, and a little disrespect to TCU. Texas Tech still up on the look. I still think Texas Tech could be a trap game at the end of the season because uh, they're going to be better than they played against Wyoming. They have to be. They, they, can't, <laughs> they can't regress that much. Uh, but I, I, I think that it's a little disrespect for TCU. I think they'll get better. Colorado is just a, he's not a bad team. Uh, we get a uh, – <laughs> someone wants you, Rod, to try tapioca pudding. That was their uh, suggestion. <laughs> that that no, that's that kind of vanilla yellow kind of no, thing. No, I can't. That sounds disgusting. It does. It, I don't. I won't eat that either. I'm I'm half yeah. with you, Rod. A lot of things that are white, I'm not a fan of. Like I don't eat whipped cream. <laughs> I don't have mayonnaise. I don't like any of that stuff either. But ranch dressing, I I have to go for. No. Vanilla ice no. cream, I'm a like fan whipped of. Cream? No, whipped no, cream, no, no blue cheese, no ranch, none of that. I've no. never met anybody that like whipped cream. You met there's like, two on like, there's two on the show with you I right know. now. That's what I'm saying. I know it's exactly. amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> right now. Yeah, exactly. No, no I, I never I, pie or something. I don't like pie though either. Not no, a pie. I'm not, like a, pie. Pie. I'm, I'm, not a pie fan. Yeah. Prefer cake over pie. Yes. Cakes to pie. I'm pie over cake. 
Interesting. Yeah. I yeah. Think you usually end up a pie or a cake I used person. to always pick my mom would say, what kind of cake do you want for your birthday? And now my wife does it. I get a cookie cake. I like the uh, the cookie cake from the mall. I love those things, man. Wow. I love the cookie cakes. That's... I'm not a fan of that. No. that's <laughs> Chocolate chip cookie cake. <laughs> I want a real cake. I'm a real one. Yeah, that's, oh, I'll take cookie cake. No one eats too much cookie cake. That's how you know the level of how good it is. You can't eat oh. like half a cookie cake. You can eat half a that's cake. True. Easy. Because you that's eat it like, I'll have another that's slice. Right. You them. do it in He's right. And you can eat it for, like, weeks. No, and that's my right point, though. If, if you can't indulge, if, you're, if your senses in your brain don't say, I know this will suck later. I know it's not good for you. I know everything's bad, but get another slice. If, you don't, yeah. if it's not good enough for that, then I can't that's rank right. it over cake. Yeah, I'm outnumbered yep. here, but I'm way pie over cake. <laughs> no, cause cho- he's right about that. Cause chocolate cake, like it's that man, I can eat like mounds of that. Damn. I can eat like four, five slices. I know I'm gonna be sick later, but I'm <laughs> perfectly fine with eating myself into a stupor. There, I'm cool with it when it comes to chocolate cake. All right, sorry yeah. about that, Patrick. Sorry, Go no, ahead. it's good. And then yeah, chocolate chip cookie cakes. That, the problem with any cookie cake is it's so dry that you know even if you like it. At a moment, you have to break it down, and then you drink beer to calm it, and then beer and cake doesn't work well together. It's a whole problem. Beer and cake. (laughs) That sounds gross. It's not good. Bud Light and cake? Yeah. No, Bud Light's delicious. Cake's delicious. But together, there might be a problem, which is every adult party I'm at where someone brings out a cake, and you're like, dude, we're we're doing shots. We're way past this. You missed the window for cake. And then one person will eat like half of it drunk at the end of the night. And I'm guessing that would be Ty. I'm guessing that would be the tie out of that, us. That, that sounds like a tie. That sounds like a tie move. Yeah, I'm the that guy that like uh, I pass up on the cake at weddings and birthdays. What? Yeah. I don't oh, eat the cake. Oh, dude, I overindulge. I'm the guy that steals other people's Because those slices. are the best cakes. Oh, yes, of course. They spend lots of money on those oh, cakes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you are weird. That's weird. That is weird. <laughs> I would much rather have a piece of apple pie a la mode with some vanilla ice cream, warm, warm apple pie. Interesting. Okay. There and we know, we, know what, we know what to get E for his birthday. Just some yeah, warm man. up pie and a cookie cake. We'll a pie, yeah, a pie of some kind. I like pie. Well, because my probably because my grandmother, my late great grandmother, my late grandmother used to make in Ohio. It's cold in the winter. In the basement, she would make all these pies for oh, the holidays. Let, it sit out. let them sit out. And you smell like and then you pie. You just go down and you get a slice of pie. Oh, so it's nostalgia. For and they're you still too. cold. They're ah. still cold because it's cold in the basement. And they just they're like oh, she let them pump. cool off down. There. Oh yeah, pumpkin pie, chocolate pie, apple pie. She just make a ton of pies. Okay. And See, you lost me and Rod at basement. that's true that's true yeah uh we got she'd spend all christmas making pies oh man that's good we got uh oklahoma scares me more than most it's a rivalry game and they got payback motivation uh the biggest threat is this week's game come on you can't we i i will give enough coach speak i can't have the text line giving me coach speak back to me that the biggest threat is that week's game that is, I like Wyoming is going to be. It's, it's, I get it. Wyoming is the only one because you just beat Bama. Uh, we got OU and KSU. The other team in the national championship game uh, is another one from Derek. Yeah, some good one. And then well, look, we have a we have a texture that agreeing with you. E that pie over cake all day. What? Nice. nice. Insane. So we got a texture too. I, I'm with. We're, I'm Team Rod on this one. I got. Come <laughs> I'm, on. I'm, I'm cake over pie. Uh, guys are out at Wings Up. If you want to go check them out. Uh, drink specials out there, guys? $4 for the uh, Bud Light orange cans are handing them out. They get some freebies there with the Bud Light ladies Ooh, that are running around. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity. It's a good game tonight. Vikings and Eagles, a couple of playoff teams from a year ago, 13-win Vikings and, the of course, NFC champion Eagles. Good football game. So get out here and watch it uh, at Wings Up. Hey, and you can check out that Miami game if you want to put some money on it. They are 53-point favorites tonight. 
50, Bethune-Cookman, is Bethune that who Bethune-Cookman tonight. They are 53-point favorites. So it'll be interesting if you put some money on it. I'll give you that because I don't think they're blown out by 80. Wow. Well, they just beat the Aggies, so they got to be feeling good. <laughs> they do. It's a, long, it's a big line for Jimbo Fisher set that line. He said, guys, they beat us. They're probably the best team in the country. <laughs> yeah, they were clapping our hand signals, and they were uh, snap counts, and the grass was slick. And uh, what an excuse maker Jimbo is. Well, uh, it's just bad. No, it's bad. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back. We will get into some NFL, some more uh, Texas, Wyoming, and a lot more with Ian Rodby right here on the Sports Complex in the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.